It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to Transformation Church Podcast, where we represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God will transform your life through today's message. Today we are in week two, hey, of a series we're calling More Money, More, help me, More Money, More Power. And we learned last week that that actually is a statement that is confessed and believed by people who have bought into the poverty gospel. That, that if we have more money, then it somehow equals more problems. But then that's one extreme. On the other extreme, there's a group of people that believe that when you have more money, it means more pleasure. And these are people who have bought into the prosperity gospel. And neither one of these extremes, the poverty gospel or the prosperity gospel, are from God. They are both evil and they both have people in this country and others trapped, living outside of the kingdom of God. What you need to be a proponent of and base the principles of your life off of is the gospel of, everybody shout at me, purpose. More money, more purpose. See, when I have more money and my instructions are coming from God, then that means every dollar and dime that I have then begins to be used for God's purpose. So if God tells me to go to Starbucks and pay for the five people behind me, my money now has purpose. And you will never know, watch this, the purpose of what God wants to use you to do. Because on this side of heaven, you will never know the full impact. And people don't want to use their resources unless they can feel the impact. Y'all know it's the truth. That's why you won't give presents to people unless you're there to watch them open it. Well, you want me to open it now? No, 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 open it now. Right now. Do you know how much I spent? Uh, no, 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 just go whenever you. And you know they be faking when they say, no, 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 just I'll open it later. And they be like, uh, I was just hoping. And you can feel the energy of the person. You be like, never mind, I'll just open it right now. Why? Because we want to see the impact of our resources. And in the kingdom of God, God will give your money purpose that you don't get to see the full perspective of. Until you get to heaven. And this is why it's actually faith when you give. Because I don't get to see how it impacts everything around. Your $10 gift to a person at the gas station could be the confirmation that makes them go back to their marriage. You have no idea what your little obedience can produce. And this is the great thing. You don't need to know. Because it's not faith if it's a guarantee. Everybody would give if they knew 
exactly what it was going to produce. And God says that don't take faith. That just takes facts. But the, the just shall live by so you cannot live by faith and know all the facts. That's when we talk about people tithing and giving and giving generously and giving abundantly. People are like, that don't work for me. The truth of the matter is you don't know it because you haven't consistently done it. Just like your two trips to the gym a month. They're not working. Let me just tell you what nobody will tell you. That person just swipe your card at the gym. They're wrong for that. They should tell you. They should just hand you your card back, sir. Today's on us. Because <laughs> it's not going to work. Because you haven't done it consistently enough to receive the results of what God wants to do in your life. So in this series, I have two jobs to break the generational cycles of poverty that are on so many people's lives. All right, we're a humble, open, and transparent church. If you have had the scales and the weight of poverty on your life, I want you to lift your hands right now, okay? Hands, just hands, okay? If you have had, thank you for being, we're a humble, open, and transparent church. You cannot get blessed faking. So, so we're real. In the chat, just throw them hands up. Some of y'all throwing hands and feet up in the chat. I see you. Okay? If you have suffered from this more money, more pleasure concept, lift your hands right now. Come on. Because some of y'all been hustling and grinding and all that. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what my prayer is, is that we would break the generational cycles of poverty as well as break the generational cycles of selfishness. And that means I'm going to have to fight you during this series. Not you. But the spirits that are controlling you. The spirit of mammon that says that if I have money, I don't need God. The spirit of greed. That is good as long as you have more than them. How many shoes are enough? How many cars? Y'all got a two-car garage and five cars? Do you know the storage energy? The, the storage industry is big business. Billions of dollars to store stuff that we don't have room for in the place we live. And dare somebody to take anything from your storage. You will fight over a pair of shoes you haven't been able to fit in your storage for 30 years. Why? Because it's mine. It was supposed to be somebody else's decades ago. Many of us are sitting on stolen merchandise. We bought it but it's been somebody else's. But God is watching how we steward over what it, you could bless somebody's entire life by just going through the crap that you sick of cleaning. You don't even like scrubbing that. You got five comforter sets? 
Nobody invites, you don't invite nobody to your house. Let me stop. Because y'all, I'm going to make too much sense right now. You saving five, come, that's ugly. Nobody even wants to sleep under that. But the truth of the matter is you haven't invited anybody over in years. So you're hoarding as well as not helping. God's saying there are people that need, are praying for what you have a plethora of. How many winter coats do you need? All I'm saying is when God wants to trust us with more resource, he looks at the responsibility he's already given us. And if we don't learn about stewardship and generosity, we handcuff ourselves to a season of less than. Because God knows more for you means more only for you. And God's saying, I need some people who have a heart like mine, a heart that's generous, a heart that says you can have it off my back if God tells me. Matter of fact, he don't even always got to tell me. Uh-oh. Do y'all know at some point the spirit of generosity takes over you to where it's not something you have to obey? It's something that you just do. I don't got to pray to give people the, the, the money that's in my pocket. Well, well I, you know what? You, you hungry? Let me go pray about that. Lord, now you know I was going to the buffet after this. But I just want to know. The Bible is clear. It literally says, when you pray, when you fast, when you, not if. And so many believers are waiting from a sign from God to do what should be habit. This should be, but it can't be a habit if you don't start. And so in this series, everybody say right here, I want you to start a new habit. I want you to start a habit of generosity. What I'm challenging everybody is everybody this week, I want three acts of generosity, random, random acts of kindness, not looking for the impact of it, not looking for everybody to applause when you gave them $10. God sees what you do. And if you would just start this practice, your practice would become a habit. When it becomes a habit, then it will invade your home. And when it invades your home, everything around you is blessed. And this series is about you having a blessed life. Somebody shouted me, blessed life. I want you to have a blessed life. And this whole concept came off of a book that I read. I actually have it right here. It's this book. Everybody needs to go get this book right here. It's called The Blessed Life, Unlocking the Rewards of, a, of Generous Leave, Living. It's by Robert Morris. And, and, and this little book, look, it's little. I know some of y'all be like, turn it to the side, see how thick it is. It don't matter how thick it is. 
if it has principles to change my life, I need to be, y'all need to stop binging Netflix as much as you do without getting the things in you that will actually transform your life. Another seven week series that didn't change you. This will change you. In the chat, if you want the blessed life, I'm giving away 10 copies of the blessed life night right now. Somebody just tap, I want to live a blessed life. And I need the team to be able to find some people. I'm giving away 10 copies. Anybody in the room? I got three copies right here. Anybody in the room? Come here, my, my dude right here. I got you, your blessed life right here. Come on. I need somebody on this side. To some, I saw your hand right there. Come on. Go give this to the one that's standing like this. Lord, not you. Sit down. It's the one behind you. All right. Do I need one more? Come here. Come here, sis. Come here. All right. Come on. There you go. All right. Listen. This week on Instagram, I'm going to give away 10 more copies of it. Why? I don't want to sow just a monetary seed. I want to sow a seed of knowledge. Knowledge is more important and more valuable than money. And if you apply the knowledge, it turns into something crazy. Wisdom. And once you get wisdom, it changes everything in your life. I'm telling you, Transformation Nation required reading is the Bible and the best life. And this is the thing I love about our church, that we decided we were going to be a multi-generational church. And so our amazing team in TC Kids has made a book for your kids to read. And it's even thinner than the one you need to read. Some of y'all, some of the adults need to start with this one. But what would have happened if, if somebody would have sat down with you at age three, five, nine, 10, 15, and taught you how to tithe, give, save, spend? This, I want every parent to go to the website and download this. It's super simple. But I want you to make a deposit in the generations of your family. This says generous families. We, didn't, we intentionally didn't make it generous kids. Because you cannot thrive in a generous season of your life with a poverty-minded family. It snuffs it out of you. And so I want us to live in generosity. So go download this so we can have generous and blessed kids. Somebody say, I'm going to live a blessed life. I'm not done yet. I told the team, we have to figure out a way to practically, practically give our church handles to be able to get out of debt. Because the truth of the matter is we can yell blessed life, talk about tithe, all the different things like that. But if you keep swiping or you're so down in this and a lot of it comes to knowledge. So what we did as a church, this is because of the generosity of Transformation Church. We called the people over at Ramsey Solutions and we bought the entire. <laughs> I love this. Thank you. This just makes me this made me feel good because I remember going through this. I remember trying to get out of debt and doing the debt snowball and doing all this stuff. And all of this stuff is not for everybody, but there are people in this, this community that need practical knowledge and wisdom of how to get out of debt. And so what we've done is we've partnered with Dave, Dave Ramsey Solutions. And for one year, everybody that is a part of Transformation Nation 
has the complete series of, y'all don't hear me. We have given you the entire resources that Dave Ramsey has. That is $129 a person. We have now partnered with them to give it to everybody in Transformation Nation for watch this price, free. Okay? Y'all not even praising with me. Hey, listen, we wanna help you get knowledge and wisdom and teach your families. We have paid for everybody in Transformation Nation. You have one year. You're talking about changing a community. You, 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 you're talking about changing generational patterns or cycles. Here we go. Why would I rather the car? No, you need knowledge. And so all I need you to do is go to transformationchurch.us. I need you to select Ramsey Plus, fill out the form, claim your thing, and then this is the one they didn't put up there. Watch the videos. Do the work. Or you're a bad investment. I just got to say what it is. Because some of y'all are going to be, well, God, if you would. And now he, he took the cost away from you. But you still got to do the work. Because faith without work is what? You will be in the same place next year. Unless... You fully lean into what God wants you to have. And when you learn about finances, then you get to say more money, more purpose. Somebody give God some praise right there. So this is not a gimmick. This is not a sham. And we know some people who don't go to Transformation Church, but you're Transformation Nation. You may go to another church. You're part of Transformation Nation. The code works for you, too. You know what? I'm even so generous with this, like because some people are going to bootleg this. Okay. We would rather you steal these principles and allow God to do a work in your heart. Send it to everybody. Why are you saying that, Pastor Mike? Because if you ever learn how to live a blessed life and steward over what God's giving you, there is no reserve on what God will trust you with. Because he know he has your heart. So, so this is what I got to talk about today because a lot of people are, are shouting after last week, more money, more purpose. Lord, I done seen the Instagram memes. I done seen everybody doing this. And I seen one that really, really had me laughing. And, 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 and it was one that somebody put on. Uh, y'all remember Jerry Maguire? It, it was an old movie. Some of y'all are too, uh, too young for that. But there's a part where Cuba Gooding Jr. is in. Uh, um, he, he's without a shirt on and he's an athlete and he's sitting talking to an agent and he says these these lines that are iconic y'all remember what he said he says show me the money and then, then he says Jerry Jerry I want you to say it and Jerry's like show me the money he said no nah, baby you gotta say it like you mean it show me the money everybody say show me the money, show me the money. say it with your chest show me the money. say it like somebody about to give you a million dollars He began to say, show me the money. 
And, and it's kind of the heart posture many of us take when we start doing things the right way when it comes to finances. It's like, God, I'm doing what you're telling me to do. I'm tithing. I'm giving to people. I'm doing random acts of kindness. I'm doing this. So God, show me the money. Say it with me, God. <laughs> you start telling God, say it. <laughs> show me the money. Somebody say it one more time. Show me the money. And I heard um, God say back to us, show me the motive. When you say, show me the money, God is going to automatically respond to you. Show me the motive. I have no problem with giving you the money, but you're going to have to show me what's in your heart. You're going to have to expose to me. I cannot give you this level of clearance to this level of resources if I do not know what's in the depository of your heart. So if you want to be bold and believe God for millions and billions and all that other stuff, when you say, show me the money, he's going to ask you a question. Show me the motive. Today, I want to teach about the motive of our heart when it comes to finances, resources, because if the motive, motive is not right, the money never will be. If the motive is not right, the money never will be. And that's why I, we got three more weeks in this series. And, 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 and I really want to push it. But, but, but one of the things that God has told me, he said, Michael, if my people ever get the right motive around money, the right heart posture around money, he said, there is nothing I will withhold from them. And I begin to think, he said, think about your kids. When Bella does the right thing with what you gave her, you trust her with more. And when she does the right thing with that, you trust her with more. One thing that I do with my kids right now is I expose them to money. So when we were giving them in our crazy faith offering, there's certain things that I do. I'm not saying everybody has to do this, but there's things I do because I'm trying to expose my kids. So, so one thing that I did is I went and got $5,000 for the crazy faith offering out so that my kids could give it. They didn't give it. I gave it. But I made them the beneficiaries of being able to direct resources at seven, four, and Gia wasn't even born, uh, uh, three. Why? Because what I wanted to do for them is show them the motive around money first before they got an idea from the world. So I sat them at our table and gave each of them $1,000. Put it on the table. Jay is my witness. Am I telling you the tr truth, Jay? I sat there and gave them $1,000 each. And my children said, we're rich. Ava start throwing it up in the air and Ava, she, y'all pray for Ava. Bella was looking at it. Bella is my child. She wanted to make sure it was a thousand dollars. So she asked me, daddy, how many hundreds equal a thousand dollars? I said, 10, one, two, three. That's Bella. MJ, he didn't care about the money. Gia, they didn't like, and so I'm doing this and they said, what are we doing with this money, dad? I said, um, God's challenged our family to give to the kingdom of God. And um, Ava said, I don't want to give to the kingdom of God. It's my baby. Still teaching. And Bella said, this is what Bella said. All of it? Now, now, 
These are children, but they're not too far from the responses. All of it? And this is what I said to her. You don't have to give all of it. But then I begin to explain to her how good God has been to us. And I said, it's all about what you want to do. God just wants to know there's generosity in your heart. By the end of it, Ava gave 400. She didn't give all of it. Bella gave all of it. Bella also is my daughter who went on a fast with us this year. Bella also is the, da the daughter. Now, now I'm saying this because she has just a little more understanding of what's going on. But because she has been born into a household where generosity, even when mom and daddy is still learning certain things, when we expose our kids to this, more than we need to expose them to money, we need to expose them to motive. Motive is more important than money. Motive is more important than making monumental moves. M motive is, is the greatest thing because it's the only thing nobody can take from you. Can't nobody take your motive. They can misinterpret it. But, but they cannot tell you what your motive was. You're the only one that can say, no, I meant for it to land like this. My motive was, do you know that God cho chooses and uses based off of motive? We see it in David's life. We see it in Saul's life. We see it in Abraham's life. God says, yeah, not them. Them. Why? Because they have my heart. And so today, as many people by the end of this series are going to feel comfortable about their level of understanding in the area of generosity and stewardship, as we begin to shout, show me the money. God's going to continue to say to you, and guess what? This doesn't change when you get older. You can have tons of businesses, tons of investments, and God's still going to say, show me the motive. Is the only reason you want that is to buy another boat to feel your insecurities when you go to the lake with your family in the summer? What is the motive? And it's not, and I just got to help people with the poverty mentality because you think rich people have different uh, 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 level of um, evil in their heart. They should just, they should, they, you know what they should do with their money? Not what you're doing. Because the truth of the matter is, you can be selfish with millions and you can be selfish with hundreds. <laughs> you can be selfish with your resources and you can be selfish with your Raymond noodles. It's not about what we're giving. It's all about the everybody say it's all about the heart. Okay, so, so, so this is where we got to go, okay? So I need everybody with me to um, look at Proverbs 4.23 because this is the anchor for this entire series. And I keep saying it because these revelations that, that we're trying to get to you and the motive of your heart, it starts in your head. We start thinking these motives, but then it shows up in our hands. But where it stays, where it lives is in our heart. And that's why we have to do what Proverbs 4.23 says. It says, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart above prayer, 
Guard your heart above fasting. See, we don't we read the scriptures and we don't really think about how strong the language is. Guard your heart above going to church. Hold on, God, I thought those were. No, 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 no. See, God, your heart is the only thing that's open 24 seven. And if you don't put a security guard on your heart, if you don't put something at the gates of your heart, you will be open to all kinds of foolishness ravaging through your life. Look what it says. Guard your heart above all else for it. Your heart determines the course of your life. So the heart is the cockpit of your life. Wherever you're going, it happened in your heart first. Every relationship you got in, it happened in your heart before it ever happened in real life. The anger you've been experiencing, where did it happen first? In your heart. Y'all remember being kids and your parents would do something that would make you mad. And you'd be like, yes, ma'am. And then you would go in your room and you would get what? A pillow? Y'all know! And you'd be like, what you doing in there? Nothing. What was happening that I found out a lot of people who did that at some time later, they actually had a real confrontation like that with their parents. There was some type of actual interaction of, uh, yeah, it, was, it got, okay. How many people had a real, uh, how's the word I want to say? Had a real, like, I'm a grown man, you a grown man, I'm a grown woman, you a grown woman, like with your parents at some point in your life. Some of y'all still don't remember because you got knocked out. Some of y'all's like, I don't, I don't even remember that. The thing that I found out about that is that even people who haven't had that conversation, there's usually some animosity and tension in their heart that has created a tension in real life because it didn't happen in real life. It happened in the heart. Y'all are mad at people that you haven't seen in decades. Every time there's something comes up on Facebook or Instagram, it grips you. Why? It's not because you've hugged them. It's because they got a hold of your heart. You're being, you're being thrown around and things are being dictated in your life because you didn't guard your heart. What I'm telling everybody right now, if God's saying, show me the motive. He's talking about a bigger concept than just money. <laughs> He's saying the reason I need you to show me the motive is because if I can get into your heart, then I can course correct your whole life. But the gate to your heart is your finances. Let me prove it to you. The Bible says wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there as well so if you have a problem locating your heart just pull up your app with your finances on it and i can tell you where your heart is at many of our heart is on appearance many of our heart is on the home we live in it's a house but not a home <laughs> 
so much dissension. You would be better to downgrade your house and take that $15,000 that you were paying towards interest and go get marriage counseling this next year. Nobody want to hear that. No, nobody want to hear that because, wow, but you would rather live in a big house than have a home. You can have a home in 500 square feet. And you can have 5,000 square feet and not have a home. What I'm saying to you right now is all of that starts in the heart. So that's my job in this series is to help your heart and, 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 to, and to unteach you what a lot of churches have taught you. They've taught you giving you'll get. Giving you'll get. Today, give, you know what I'm reading out of uh, Psalms 33.3. So get a $333 seed in your hand. Yes. Yeah. 333. Three, three. Yeah. There's a 333 three, three anointing today. I'm just saying it. Y'all, y'all see it. I'm just saying no God in it. Just what number? This is a 442. Give me a Psalms 440. Is there a 442 in the Bible? I don't know, but give me a Psalms 442. And if you do this in four hours and 42 minutes, hey, I feel the presence of God. Call me or if I be a man of God. And we've done these things and it's, it's, it's another M word. It's manipulation. It's the motive of the heart. Like, and, and God's saying, Mike, don't teach them give and get. Don't teach them when you give, you'll get. That's slot machine. That's Vegas. This is kingdom. The mindset, the motive we want in our heart. We give just to give. Not to get. If God blesses me, that's fine. I just want him to give me enough to bless others. It's a different mindset. Somebody say, I give just to give. Say it again. I give just to give. If I get, cool. But I give just to get. Uh oh. You see, I switched that last one because somebody says all that and be like, I give just to get. No, 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 no. I give just to give. And once we get that, these principles, everybody say principles. The principles of God have the opportunity to not just change your finances. It will change your marriage. It will change your health. It will change your family. It will change your relationship. God doesn't want you to have a blessed wallet. He wants you to live a blessed life. And that's why you have to, everybody shout at me, give. give. Matthew 7. I'm going to read a couple of passages of scripture. And um, I want this to get down in your heart today. I'm, I'm trying to change and shift your motive in week two. And this is what I love about week two. Because a lot of fans came to week one and all the real ones are here for week two. Can I hear all the real ones that really want transformation? Okay. I love it. Matthew chapter 7 verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, this is heavy scripture, it will be measured back to you. Let me ask you a question. Is the word money in this scripture anywhere? Okay, no money. The context of this is judging, okay? Say it with me. Judge not and you will not be judged. Come on, say it loud. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
at home, everybody in the room, I need you to say it loud. Judge not and you will not be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 37. And you're going to see at the beginning of this and at the end of this is what we just said. Judge not and you will not be judged. No, no, you don't have to say it. Thank you, though. I appreciate you. I'm just reading the scripture this time. Okay. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, this is verse 38 that you always hear quoted at offering time. Give. Yeah, y'all know my seat. And it will be given back to you. Y'all know the rest. Good measure. Help me. Shaking together and hey. Will it be put into your bosom? I like lap better. I don't know where my bosom is. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This may shock you, but the word money doesn't appear in this verse either. Now, every time that we hear Luke 36, 37, and 38 is at offering time, but the word money is nowhere in this. Why? Because giving is not about giving money. Giving is all about the... Okay. And so... You have to understand that when God talks about giving, which I personally believe is the theme of the Bible. The theme of the Bible is, I heard a pastor once interviewed and they asked him, how often do you talk about giving? And he said, every week. And the person was like, oh my goodness, you talk about giving every week? He said, the question you meant to ask me is how much do you talk about giving money? And for our church, Transformation Church, we talk about it once a year in this series. But you can't talk about grace without talking about giving. For God so loved the world that he can't. You can't have a healthy marriage because a healthy marriage will not work unless you have two people that will give. There are so many things that we have relegated giving to money in our minds that it's stealing a principle away that will be able to transform our lives. And that's why I'm coming to shake back and snatch back the motive of the enemy to make you think that anytime you hear the word give, it has to do with money. When you think about give, it should be your life. Uh, the Bible tells us the only reasonable sacrifice to give God is our bodies as a living sacrifice. You definitely not going to give God your life if you won't give you give. Uh, you definitely will not give God your life if you won't give him paper. You, you going to give him you, but you won't even give him the money he gave you. Okay. <laughs> I want this church to begin to love the word giving. Not, not. Oh God, what is it? Let me tell you. The devil will never tell you to give because he only can lie. So anything he says has to be the opposite of what God is and what God does. So if you ever feel inclined to give something, 
it's not the devil. Because I know there are people who be like, oh, no, uh-uh, give what? I just bought these. That's got to be the God is the only one that tells you to give. Sometimes we need confirmation and God is fine with you needing confirmation. Lord, this is that costs a lot. Is you sure I'm supposed to? He's fine with that. But I'm telling you right now, the devil never tells you to give anything. Because the first time we see the devil, we see the essence of who he is. He's trying to take something. He's trying to steal the glory from God. Do y'all remember how Lucifer gets kicked out of heaven? Is he literally starts trying to take what was for someone else. And what I'm telling you is when you give, when you get this idea of giving in you, it's the thing in a believer's life more than anything else that works out selfishness and gives you the heart of God. That's why some of y'all booties is tight right now. You sitting there clenched up. Why? Because you think I'm about to ask you to give something. I'm not asking you to give anything. I'm asking you to ask God what you need to give. Some of y'all this week, it's time for spring cleaning for real. Not just the things that are in your closet, the things that are in your soul. Some of y'all this year would do better to start with your closet in your garage, but then allow God to do inventory on your heart. Allow God to say, what is in there that is not like you? And now I'm going to give it away. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. I told you earlier, but I want you to see it in the Bible. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 6, 21 in the message version. I like this. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, watch this, is the place you will most want to be. And it's where you just kind of end up being. Like even if, even if I don't really want to be there, if I put my treasure there, it's kind of where I'll just end up. You want your heart in the kingdom of God? Put your treasure there. And even when you're fighting it, you'll just somehow end up in places that God is able to get glory out of your life. Put your treasure in a stock. I'm telling y'all, that's where you'll end up. I put my treasure in accounts and stocks that I ain't even know how to pronounce the name. But please believe, as soon as my treasure went there, click, 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 click. Every day, I'm checking. Some of y'all check y'all bank accounts more than you check on your kids. The truth of the matter is why? It's because it's where your treasure is. It's almost like a heartstring is from your wallet to your chest because when you get ready to give, it's like, ah, God. But the truth of the matter is, if we don't understand that God's saying, all right, I need to teach you about giving, but the only way I can teach you about giving is through your actual treasure, then you will start to live a blessed life. And let me just say something for all the people that are out there that just like, I can't take this. This church don't want your money. One of the main things I asked God when I started pastoring, bless us so much that we will be known for blessing people. Like, and God 
has fulfilled that promise. Transformation Church, can you give it up for yourself? You are the generous, you are the most generous church. Oh, y'all can do better than that. There's tens of thousands of us. And can I tell you, so, so, so for many of us, this is just a refresher. For others of us, it's a spanking. For others of us, it's conviction. We used to do it, but we kind of got off because of the pandemic and da-da-da-da. And God's just saying, I just needed you to show me the motive today. Open up your heart. I'm not mad at you. I just need to know what's in there. And because of the generosity of the people at Transformation Church, this is one thing that I tell. Uh, an old preacher once told me, he said, Michael, I wasn't a pastor at the time. He said, God always provides for a soul winning church. And I said, what? He says, son, God always provides for a soul winning church. And I begin to think about that. And I said, God, why do you always provide for a soul winning church? He said, because more money, more purpose. If they'll do my purpose, I'll give them everything they need. And then I was like, God, can this apply to other things? He said, yeah, I'll always provide for a soul winning child of mine. See, some of you don't realize the reason that God gave you the business was just a platform for you to get people to Jesus. You do good work. People trust you. Then you have access into their lives. And now that you have access into their life and they see why you're being blessed and you acting like it's because of seven steps. You know that's because of Jesus. You don't even have the qualifications to do what God is blessing you to do. But most people don't understand the purpose. So, uh, so God always provides for a soul winning child. God always provides for a soul winning company. Get, put, another, put another number that you're trying to reach on your stat sheet. 10 salvations this year. Watch how your business goes to another level. Stop just putting your sales goal. Put your salvation goal. Oh. They don't want to hear this message right now. But God will bring people uniquely that will never show up in a church to your business, to your website, to your Instagram. But there's certain people he can't send to you because you don't even see the purpose. You see people as dollar signs. And you don't see people like God sees them, his passion. We could say more money, more passion. More passion after the things of God. The more that he gives us, the more we can do and reach his passion, which are lost people. But if you're not thinking of that, then it, it passes you. Because giving is all about the heart. If it's not in your heart with no money, it will not be in your heart with tons of it. Why do I have to come on the second week and check your motive? Because God says, I want to bless them. But their heart is not good soil. If I give it to them, they'll just exploit people. Feed their insecurities. Beat up on people who did them wrong instead of blessing them. Use it as a mechanism to show their family that they're worth more and that they should have never made fun. God says, I got to check your motive here. Because here is holy. You know, the reason why it didn't blow up is because God was trying to give you time right now to get your motive right. Because all money does is magnify who you really are. 
And I'm just telling you right now, if you do not allow God to check your motive right here, all my single ladies make some noise. Okay. I, I need everybody to hear me say this. Fellas, get your motive and your money right now. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just saying, did y'all hear all the single ladies make some noise one more time? Okay. Thousands more on the chat. Okay. Fella, you are called to lead your family in kingdom principles. Don't start it when you have the family. Start it. Everybody say here. God wants to raise up a group of men of God who understand the concepts around the principles of God to be able to understand kingdom finance. And this is the truth of the matter. There are so many women out here out bossing all of these dudes who talking about their bosses, not because you have a certain gender. It's because you have a certain mindset. And I'm just telling you, I got to say this because I counsel people all the time. And one of the deal breakers in relationships is their motive around money. And today I'm challenging you. When you say, show me the money, God says what? Show me the motive. Okay, so, so um, if it's all about the heart, we, we got to deal with some habits of our heart right now, okay? And, and I, I need everybody to just write these down real quick because I'm going to take you through, through scripture because these scriptures talk to us about judging and not, not giving judgment and we don't receive judgment. God wants us to be very sure that giving is more important than just giving money. And let me just throw a tip out there for the parents. Your children are an amalgamation of what you've given them. So, you give screaming to your kids? Guess, good measure. Press down and shaking together. They're going to give back to you what you get. You punish them out of your emotions instead of discipline them. You ain't going to embarrass me in front of you. Oh, I'm not doing that. Please don't be surprised. So, so if this principle works in every area of our life, we probably should give good things. No matter what. Because we give just to give and not to get. Okay, look at it. Deuteronomy 15, chapter 7. We got to get out of here. Um, God tells us four things that we have to do to, to actually develop a heart of generosity. And I, I want your motive to change today. So if you do these four things, when God says, show me the motive, you'll be able to stand proudly and be like, God, I got the right motive. <laughs> here I am. Here I am, Lord. Since I'm here, Lord, please take over. Like you can be able to stand before him and be like, check my heart. And I want everybody in Transformation Nation to be able to do this with no question. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. It says, if there are any among you, a poor man of your brethren, within the gates in your land, which the Lord God is giving you. Notice who gave you the land. The Lord God gave it to you. You shall not harden your heart. It's all about the heart. Don't harden your heart, nor shut up your hand. Remember, I told you the heart and the hand are connected. Don't shut up your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand. Everybody say wide. 
Open it wide to him and willingly lend. Mm. Willingly lend him sufficient for his need. Whatever he needs. What would it look like to be able to live like that? Whatever you need. I got it. If my brother not. This connotation is not blood brother. The connotation is somebody in the community. Because some of y'all do anything for your actual, like, blood gang, like, like you do anything for your, your actual brother. But let it be somebody of a different ethnicity. Let it be somebody who on one season had a lot and you don't know what they're going through behind the scenes. And God tells you to give to them. It says you need to give to your brothers, who, whoever that is, whatever they need. Four things. First one. Deal with the selfish heart. It says, verse 9, beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. Oh, my gosh. Look at it. Deuteronomy 15, 9. Put it on the screen because they got to see this. Beware, lest there is a wicked thought in your heart. So your heart's talking now, saying, the seventh year of, the, of release is at hand, and your eye be of evil against your poor brother and give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Let, let me help you understand this. Notice selfishness is wickedness in God's eyes, and then it becomes sin. Selfishness becomes wickedness. Wickedness becomes sin. Have selfishness in your heart, you turn wicked in your heart. Wickedness in your heart is sin in your life. I'm not giving to nobody in my family. They don't deserve it. Years go by, your heart hardens. And at the moment, your family needs you for something that could transform their life. You don't give it because you've developed a hard heart now. And God counts that as sin towards you. I sent you into that family to transform them. But because you were selfish, you became wicked, and now you're in sin. And you're in the front row. You're going to open the windows of heaven. Let it rain. You thinking God's going to bless you some more? Because everything he gives you turns from sin. I mean, turns from selfishness to wickedness to sin. I know all of this was in my heart. See, this is the real thing I had to deal with because I had no problem with getting money. I had problem giving it away. And I don't know if I'm the only one, but this is what God dealt with me in. I said, God, give me more of you. He said, give more away. No, I was thinking like more revelation, more wisdom. He said, no, more release. Why would I give you more if you won't give it away? Why would I give you more of anything if you won't be my hands and feet on the earth? And this is what God is saying. He said, everybody has to deal with a selfish heart. Because if you don't deal with it, it turns into sin. Ooh, selfishness turns into sin. I'm going to tell you what nobody told me. Stop being selfish because it may be the thing that separates you from God. Everybody, oh, he's sexing somebody. He nasty. 
They are liar. They're a manipulator. You know what they did. And God sees you in the same boat. Not because of anything you committed with your body. It's because of the motive that was in your, your heart. So keep being selfish and nasty. And keep sinning. Because until we deal with the selfish heart, we're never able to really get into the blessed life God wants us to be in. Now, let me explain this scripture to you because some of y'all don't understand. Basically, back in the day, the children of Israel had an economic system that basically said at the end of every seven years, all debts were released. Now, let me ask a question. How many would like that economic system to be reinstated today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, so, 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 so at the end of the day, that's not going to happen, but... <laughs> So that's why we got to get these principles, okay? Um, 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 because our, our blessed life is not dependent on the government. Our blessed night is not dependent on a tax break. The resources in heaven are not changing with gas prices. I need everybody to understand that. That's why if we get the right, everybody shot at me principles. It'll change the pattern we live by. And a lot of us are being conformed to the patterns of this world. Because we haven't got principles from God that change the pattern that we live in right now. So basically, if you saw your brother and he came to you um, with six months left before the year of Jubilee or the seventh year. And he's like, bro, my crops were bad this year. Hey, could you just lend me some money? And you was like, hold on. Jerome don't never pay me back. And hold on. It's, uh -uh. it's six months to the year of release. That means if he don't pay me back in six months. I got to forgive him. I'm sorry, Jerome. At this current moment, I have no resources that are allocated for you. <laughs> Not because you don't have it, but because there is selfishness in your. And God said, don't do that. Don't don't do that because that is selfishness and greed. And that is going to end up keeping you from what I actually had for you see the question i have for you is who do you think invented giving and why do you think he invented it god invented giving not for himself most people think oh he invented so the, the work of the lord could be provided for really you think the streets that are in heaven ran out of gold the light bill in heaven's too much the bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand, God did not make giving for his sake. He made giving for our sake. Because at any moment we can become like him. When we extend beyond ourselves and get the right motive in our heart, then we can be his extension and it changes our entire life. This is why God invented giving. And God's saying, like he said to this man, don't be selfish with your resources. Give willingly to anybody who needs it. And this is, <laughs> this is how God feels when we don't deal with our selfish heart. He feels like, really? Really? Are you seriously going to take the resources that I gave you in grace. And then you're not going to extend that same level of grace to something or somebody else. And I know there's some people that are sitting in here like, Pastor Mike, you don't know how little I have. This would be good if I had more. This, I know you're not talking to me. 
See, the crazy thing about motive is it doesn't have to have any money attached to it. Motive is found in the heart. And giving is all about the heart. I challenge you, write down six people you want to bless this year. And write down amounts with no money in the bank. And actually start seeing it in your head until it drops down into your heart. My Bible says God gives seed to the most of us have not decided to sow. So we don't get any seed. I'm trying to give you cheat codes right now. When you begin to already direct where you're sowing, God will provide the seed. Some of y'all right now in March need to decide how many families you're blessing for Christmas. Y'all see them little golf claps like Christmas. I'm just trying to provide for my kids. God says, I'll do for you. What you would never even imagine I could do if you would just start thinking about others. Some of y'all need to, in crazy faith, begin to write down and assign your seed somewhere. Assign your seed. I'm going to have $800 to give away. I'm going to have $1,000 a month to give away. I'm going to keep $100 in my pocket to bless whoever. God, I am putting this account on the books. And I'm tiling it overflow. Because, Father, I want you to give me enough reason. I dare you. What will that do? It will work against you having a selfish heart. Somebody say, I got a deal with the selfish heart. Now, ladies, there's one area um, that I need to let you know that, that men will never, ever get out of when it comes to this area as being selfishness. Okay? We don't want to share our food. And I'm just letting you know, because at the end of the day, we keep asking you, do you want something? And what do you say? No, I'll just have some of yours. No, you won't. <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> these fries are mine. <laughs> and the, the ones at the bottom of the bag, they mine too. <laughs> and I don't know, but me and Pastor Natalie have had a struggle. I'm going to buy you two fries. Just leave mine alone. Deal with a generous heart. Number two, deal with the grieving heart. Uh-oh. Deuteronomy 15:10. You shall surely give, everybody say give. give. Give to him and your heart should not be grieved. Giving and grieving is not godly. You should give, but you should not grieve when you give to him. Because this thing that you're doing giving with the right heart, okay? The Lord your God will bless you. Watch this. Watch the promise. If you give and don't grieve, the Lord God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hands. If I give and just be like, God's got it. God's got it. Bless who? Here you go. God bless you. <laughs> no, God's got me. He would never ask me to give something up that he doesn't know how he's going to get me to the next place. Somebody say, God's got it. No longer will Transformation Nation give in grief. We're not giving and grieving. When it's time for us to tithe and return and, and, and give, we should be joyful because God loves a cheerful 
That's not just giving money. This week, I challenge everybody to give a pair of shoes away. Watch this. And give one that you still wear. Who wears size 13 in here? Wear size 13. You wear, who? Anybody wear size 13? You wear size 13? Come here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah, yeah, come on. Okay, so, so, so this, is, this is what I want to tell you. These are some real expensive shoes. Okay? What's your name? Oh, I know who you are. I love you, Brother Benson. You good? Yeah. How old are you? 60 years old. 60 years old. You ever had a pair of Versace tennis shoes? No. Well, now you do. God bless you. See, what you don't understand is that what just happened to me was joy. I'm a cheerful giver. It don't matter if nobody else thinks that's something. Something on the inside of me just ignited. Because I'm not grieving. I'll never wear those shoes again. But I'm not grieving. I'm not grieving. Why? It's because this is exercise. This is training. This is the habits of my heart. I give to make sure I stay in the place of humility in my heart so that I don't grieve when God asks me for whatever he asked me for. I've given away homes. I've given away cars. I give away shoes. That's my first time wearing them shoes. First time. I've never did that. They've had an hour and 15 minutes of wear. They're not mine anymore. And when I leave here, I'm not going to be thinking, oh, he probably, he probably going to mess them up. <laughs> Y'all act like you ain't never gave nothing. And after you do them, they're like, oh my God, they don't even know what that is. I promise you, Brother Benson don't know what them shoes are. He's like, they're kind of bulky. <laughs> but once it released from me, I'm no longer responsible. He is. When you release it, you're no longer responsible for it. She is. And this is why we have to deal with a grieving heart. Because selfishness, write this down, attacks us before we give, but grief attacks us after we give. Finally, you get the courage to give it. And then you give it in like, oh my God. And have you ever given a large seed or given something away or, or given in the crazy faith offer and then after you do it, something breaks? And she said, every time, oh my God. That's the enemy trying to convince you. You shouldn't have done that. You should go and see if you can get that back. You know, we've had people call the church and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm not lying. Am I telling the truth, Bree? You know what? When I gave him faith two weeks ago, could I just, could you run me my $36 back? And in my heart, when people do that, because I know there's real situations that are going on. 
I feel so grieved. Not for the $36. For their lack of trust. In God. But not in this church. Not with this group of people. We're going to live in crazy faith at a way. In a way that changes our communities, our lives, our businesses. And God, when he says, show me the motive, we're going to proudly stand up and say, God, no, we dealt with our selfish heart and we've dealt with a grieving heart. Now, it's so crazy. I've been preaching this message for literally eight years and I just thought about it and I should have prepared more preparation stewardship. I got my daughters with me. Pastor Nash resting at the house right now. She watching. Hey, baby, I love you. And uh, uh, yeah, so. I got to take the girls to dinner after church. Chick-fil-A is closed, so I'm going to take them somewhere nicer. And I just remember, I don't have my wallet. I don't have any money uh, on me right now. And I just, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. I just, I just said it, and you just, $100. Thank you, Charles. Now, now, let's talk about this. Stop clapping for him, okay? Why was Charles so quick? to give me this hundred dollars because I gave it to him before service. <laughs> Charles is not grieving because he knows where it came from. The problem for many of us is we're grieving when God tells us to do something is because somehow we think it's our money and our job and our bank account and our house and our car. But we are just managers. We don't own anything. Everything is God's. We just get to manage it. So when we think about our resources as being God's, when he asks for it back, it's very simple to walk away and say, God, do whatever you want to do. Because I'm not grieving what's not mine. Thank you, Charles, for giving me the 100. I appreciate you, bro. You can have it back. Now, do you see what just happened? He's excited. Because he did well with what I gave him, he got it back. Charles, I forgot, though. I needed to give you an extra hundred because anything God gives, he doesn't give you back what you gave. It's a principle. It's not luck. It's not. It's a principle. Okay. It's like gravity. It's, it's like, it's, do you understand what I'm saying? It's a principle. When you, so, you get it back. But Charles, this is what I need you to do. I, thank you for being a good steward. Okay. So this morning you had nothing. But then I gave you 100. You gave it back to me. I gave you 200. So I'm going to give you 100 that you didn't have this morning. But I need you to give away the 200 I gave you. Who, who needs it? Who needs it? Who needs it? Who needs it? She came up to the front. All right, come here, sis. Come here. No, no, no. Come up here. Come on. Come on. Come on up here. Come on up here. Okay, come on. Now watch. Now watch. Just help her up here, Charles. Now watch. Now watch. The, oh, you okay? You all right? All right. She all right. All right. The camera didn't see it, but she almost bit the dust. <laughs> Them hills is cute. She didn't know she was coming on stage. <laughs> now watch, now watch, now watch. Charles, watch, 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 watch. 
Charles is not grieving. Because it, it started with him having nothing. He got a hundred. And then I gave him 200. The hundred that he needed. And then he was able to be a blessing to somebody. Did you come in knowing you were getting $200 today? Do you feel blessed right now? Okay. So, but this is how it keeps going. I need you to pick somebody who's white. Oh, oh, hold on, 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 hold on. Because I'm coming for your prejudices. See, sometimes God will bless you and then assign it to somebody you've had issues with. Okay, come, come on up here. Come on up. See, see, generosity, generosity has no color. Come, come on up here. Come on up here. Generosity has no color. G generosity has no gender. I, I need you to give her what, the $200. What's your name? Kaylee. Kaylee. You, you, you give her the 200. Give her all of it. Okay. Did you come knowing you were going to get blessed today? No, no. Did you need that $200? Okay. So watch. God knew her need before she showed up today. So he used Charles to use, tell me your name, Latandra to then bless. What's your name? Kaylee. Now watch. Somebody don't have anything right now. Latondra doesn't have any resources right now, but her resources are in transit. See, now at this moment, if Latondra starts throwing a fit and talking about like, why would you even call me up here? And I'm going to leave it. I'm going to fail. And you going to call me up here and I'm going to be standing here looking crazy. Let me pull them out. Let me make sure. You gave away 200, right? Okay, here's 400. Now watch. Now watch. Charles started with one. Now he has the least at this moment. But with the level of his obedience, it was the only thing that could bless anybody else. It doesn't matter that he doesn't have as much as them. He's just excited that he got to start the train of generosity. Oh my God. His motive is pure. You started off with 100. You now got 400. You got 200. But when it comes now to bless, I love you, but I don't know your motive. And you cute, but I don't know your motive. But I have given to him. And I know his motive. So when it comes time, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Go take your kids somewhere nice for spring break. Okay. Now watch. I'm not responsible for what they do with their resources but I entrusted my money to somebody I knew their motive and so when it comes time for me to bless again I only bless people with the right 
motive. Somebody give God some praise right there. I love y'all. Okay. And just for all the haters, that's my own money. That's not the church's money that didn't come off the offering plate. Sick of y'all. Golly. Y'all watch people get blessed, but I wonder whose money that is. I bet. Golly. We live in the most cynical generation in the world. Just. But it don't bother me. I just gave thousands of dollars. And I'm not grieving. Why? Because I dealt with my heart. Giving is all about the what? Heart. Okay, two more. We got to get out of here. Oh, my goodness. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness of thereof. Psalms 24. Okay? So, so, so if we're going to develop a generous heart, third thing, develop a generous heart. <laughs> like, it's one thing to, like, deal with a selfish heart and deal with a grieving heart. It's another thing to actually develop. And watch that word, develop. That means there's discipline behind it. That means you don't give tithe or return tithe once and you've developed anything. The develop is in the consistency. The development is what happens in the dark room. Have y'all ever seen how film gets developed? It's usually not in front of everybody. There's usually no lights on it. And this is the same thing God does. He develops your generosity in the dark. This, this year, excuse me, this week, when everybody in Transformation Nation gives away a pair of your shoes that you like, I'm just challenging you. Everybody's not going to know about it. And they shouldn't. Try this one in silence. Just do it. They don't even got to know you gave it to them. Find out and give it to somebody else and tell them somebody told me to bless you with these. Oh, did y'all not know it takes work to give? Because you got to find out what somebody's shoe size is. And some of y'all going to get thrown off just by that. Well, God, I don't, you know. I will give them away, but, you know, I don't want them to go to just anybody. You know what I'm saying? I want it to be special. And so at this point, I don't. Or just go to the shoe store and see somebody looking at shoes. This is easy. This is easy. And go buy them a gift card for $200 and tell the cashier, when that person comes up, use this. And walk out the store. Because if you don't develop this, you'll never, ever be able to distribute. What you don't develop, you can't distribute. If you don't develop kind words, you can't give them. If you don't develop a heart of generosity, you will not be generous. This is what we all have to do is develop a generous heart. Look back at Deuteronomy 15, um, verse 14. It says, you shall supply him, Jerome, who didn't have what, what, what he needed. You shall supply him. Look at this word, liberally. From where, Lord? Your flock, your bank account, 
your threshing floor, from your wine press, from your refrigerator. Go take it from your garage, your storage, your closet. From what the, watch this, why can he ask me for this? It's from what the Lord your God has blessed you with. That's where you should give from. What God blessed you from. Everything you got on your own, you don't got nothing to do with that. But everything that came from God, yeah. God wants us to be generous, but we're born selfish. Let me just tell you, we're already born with a negative 100 on the score. In this fallen world, you don't never have to teach your kids how to be bad. My parents never taught me how to be bad. It was innate. It was my nature. You never have to teach a person to be selfish. It's our nature. Okay? But, but the good news is that, that, that literally when we're born again, we're born generous. Now we have to renew our mind. To the point that what God has given us matches up with what we give to others. That's why God's saying, show me the motive. Why do you want that? How do you want that? Who are you going to bless with that? And the truth of the matter is, many of us have not learned what we should have learned when we were children. Share. It comes down to a very simple concept. Everybody say it. Share. Your bad little kids running around. I got some too. Just hold on. I'll tell them myself. And what do you teach them? We share. Stop hitting them with the truck. Share. No, 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 no. Don't take that from them. Especially when you go outside of your house and then you take your little Tasmanian devils and you mix them with some other regular kids. And your kids start doing what they do at the house. You're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's never done this before. He's snatching stuff and taking his dog. Ah, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. That's your three-year-old? What? But the truth of the matter is, there are adults that still have not learned the concept. Share. Um, every time that I begin to teach this series, I'll let y'all know that... Um, I don't ever teach anything that's not happening in my life. The real reason that I have this book is because I'm taking it home to uh, teach my daughter some more about sharing because we had an incident and I could tell you the story, but I ended up capturing what happened on video. So watch my crazy family. <laughs> Take a look at this. Um, so we have a problem. Isabella, come here. Where's Ava? We had a problem in the car the other day about the Valentine's Day bears that I gave y'all. What is the problem? Could you talk about it, please? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One at a time. No, I want to talk. Rock, paper, scissors right now. Rock, paper, scissors. Show me what you got. I got something you don't got. Bella gets to go first. All right. So technically on Valentine's Day, what happened was that my dad surprised us with gifts and there was teddy bears in them and all type of stuff. Ava and me mixed up our bags. So Ava wanted the pink one even though red is her favorite Daddy. color. So I gave her the pink one and then I had the red one. Hold on, slow down. Well, then I gave her the pink bear. But after I found out it shedded, I didn't like the bear anymore. And I was like, 
I want my pink bear back. You want your bear back? Yes, I want my bear back. Okay. I don't want the real one. You didn't want the red one no more? And then when she asked for the pink bear back, how did it make you feel? Thumbs down. Okay, no words from Ava today. Bella, you can't give somebody something and then take it back. Mm -hmm. You have to share and then be okay because you can't be generous and then be selfish at the same time. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. I never sleep with it. Why? Because it's my bear. It's not your bear. You yes, gave it. it is how is bear. it your bear and you gave it away? It's my bear. Was it your bear when you gave it away? No. So it's Ava's bear, right? Yeah. Uh, well, still teaching generosity stewardship in the Todd household, it seems. Now, that was the abridged version. That conversation was 32 minutes long. <laughs> Trying to convince my Isabella that when she gave it away, it was no longer hers. And the crazy thing about it is we're talking about bears right now. But this is how you deal with everything God's given you. Saying share. See, it's cute right now when we're talking about bears, but it's not cute in a marriage. It's cute right now when we're talking about something that's like, oh, you could go get another bear. But it, it, it's not cute when we're talking about giving time to your children. You've been so caught up in paper chasing that you missed the purpose of what God wants you. He gave you the resources you, so you could have more time. So, so you could be there. And, and the truth of the matter is, it's cute while they're eight and while they're four. But if they keep acting like this, and now they're 25 and, 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 and 21, at some moment I'm going to say, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up and be like your father who loved you so much that, that I gave you the bears in the first place? And see, the crazy thing about it is my daughters didn't realize this. But when I gave them these bears, I just wanted them to share because these were the precursor bears. These bears weren't even the bears that I had for them in the long run. These bears were a practice round. These bears were bears that I just gave them to express my love in a moment, but I had already bought and paid for other bears that were bigger, better, softer, and more than what they could ever imagine. I brought the other bears for you right now. Let me show you. These were the bears that I had prepared for my daughters. I didn't go buy these for this example. These were bears that I already had. And now look, show, pass me them other bears because we just gonna sit here with the bears. <laughs> look how small the bears they were fighting over were compared to the bears I was trying to give them. What I'm telling you right now is it may not be bears, but God's saying if you would just share what I already have given you, 
I have something so much more in store for you that you'll be able to enjoy to the point where you'd be able to give these bears away. Now, if they wouldn't share with their sister, who would they share with? What I'm asking you to do as a church is I want you to develop a heart of generosity. That means you're going to have to let go of a selfish heart and you're going to have to deal with a grieving heart. But the only way we can develop a generous heart is if we steward and give away what God's already placed in our hands. Now, the crazy thing about these bears is um, I found some bears as I was looking online that were six feet tall. I mean, they're huge. And I told Natalie for Valentine's Day, she was like, uh, um, what are you doing? Because I was like, I want bears for them. Every year on Valentine's Day, I'm going to give my daughters a bear until they're, I'm no longer alive. And that's why it has the, the year on it. Where is it at? 2022. I started that two years ago and every year for Valentine's Day. And I want them to have these bears. I want them to have 60 bears <laughs> from their daddy. And every year, the bears only can get bigger for so long. I mean, a six-foot bear, I'm not bringing a nine-foot bear in my house. I don't, that would be like, ah, oh, a real bear. And look, children, it's a grizzly. Like, I'm not, not doing that. But what will end up happening, because I've already started kind of planning out, the bears will get smaller, but they'll just get more valuable. So sometimes the packaging of how God blesses you is not in the same way that you once received it. But if you put a lot of diamonds on a little bear, it's way more valuable. And these little stuff, like these little things ain't nothing. What I'm trying to tell you is maybe God's trying to trust you with not bigger, but more value. But it's how you handle these things that allow you to be able to receive what God has already planned for you. If you're going to develop a generous heart, would you give God some praise in the building right now? All right. All right. Last thing. Number four, develop a grateful heart. So we're going to deal with a selfish heart, deal with a grieving heart, develop a generous heart, and then guess what we're going to develop? A grateful heart. Deuteronomy 15, 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord, your God, redeemed you. Therefore, I command you to give this day. Like, hold on, that's strong language. How can God command me to do something? Oh, he has the authority to command me because I once was a slave in bondage. And the fact that I have the freedom to choose means that God has been good. And so if I remember how grateful I am to just be in the position I'm in right now, I may not make six figures, but I'm not making what I was making three years ago. God, I thank you for the upgrade. Father, I don't have to thank you. I'm not in the, my dream car, but Lord, I'm in the car that I don't have to anoint with oil every six miles. God, I thank you. Like, and until we develop a grateful heart, 
God can give to you and you'll still feel entitled to it. The spirit of entitlement is killing the joy of God's children. Because we feel like, well, it's about time. What? I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for our team and our staff. I'm grateful for you, Transformation Nation. I remember preaching in this church with 300 people in here, and that's all that was going to hear this message. And half of them was sleep anyway. I knew some people was talking about me. I knew they didn't believe in the decision that Bishop made. I remember. So when I have people approach me in the airport and say, I just read Crazy Faith. Or I seen just the other day some dude tattooed Crazy Faith on his hand. Wow. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but I mean, but what do I get? Not starstruck. Not even excited. I get humbled and I become grateful that anything God would speak through me would impact somebody's life to the point where it caused any amount of transformation. I'm grateful. But the only way you stay grateful is that you stay in touch with your desert place. If you don't remember who you were when nobody was checking for you, so many of y'all are brand new. Oh, I don't know where all the parenting stuff is coming from today, but one thing I would ask every parent, don't act like you were always a parent. One of the greatest things that you could do for your children is share with them your failures. I'm not, I'm like, one of the greatest testimonies in my life that caused transformation when I was dealing with pornography and that addiction and those sin cycles and all that other stuff was when my dad told me a story that gave me literally hope that I could see a better tomorrow. Yeah. Like he told me that they went out of town with his marching band, the Grambling State Tigers. He was the drum major, the captain. He's doing the whole, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. Jumping out of helicopters, all that. Full of lust. <laughs> Full of it. Now, the reason I said it, because my dad came to me in a season where I was doing all kind of crazy stuff. And he said, Michael, that came from me. And I was like, what? He said, it came from me. He said, I'm going to tell you a story I haven't told you. And, and he said, um, we went on a trip and we went to New York. And he said they used to have, they didn't have pornography like they have today or they didn't have websites. They had what they called peep shows. Yeah. And so you would go to these windows and put in a corner and then the curtain would pull back and you would see a naked woman. That said, he walked down the street all night with a pocket full of quarters. <laughs> he said pockets was full of quarters. Just you know what that did for me? It let me know that I wasn't alone. And it let me know that I could come out of it because he overcame it. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did. But the words of our...
Don't lose your testimony in all the great things God's doing. Don't get so much money that you forgot the purpose of why God saved you. He saved you to save others. More money, more purpose. More purpose. But you'll never accomplish the purpose if that motive is not in your heart. So when you're saying, show me the money, God's saying, please, show me the motive. Well, if I'm going to develop this type of heart, I got to remember that I was jacked up and I had nothing without God. And this week I got a reminder, me and my wife, I share openly with y'all, me and my wife have been walking through a journey of counseling and intensive counseling and grief counseling and we're praying through MJ's situation and all this other stuff. We're going to pray and get counseling. I, I, I really do believe that it is healthy for you to have theology and therapy. And I keep saying that because up until three years ago, nah, we're just going to come to the altar. We're going to pray, spit on me. Why do I keep saying stuff about spit? I don't know. Second week in a row. But you know they be spitting on you when they pray. It's not that I say that. Y'all seen them people with the shields, like the COVID shields? They should give them out at the altar. Like, just. But um, I thought it was I thought it was just pray. You don't have enough faith, and and I found out that there's so much healing that comes in communicating what actually happened with no judgment. With no, with no pain. And I know there's some super religious people like right now, like you, you tight again. But what, what's not transformed is transferred. Me and Natalie made a decision that our kids aren't getting the dysfunctions that we wouldn't talk about. We would just pray about. It took you years to get into stuff. It may take you years to walk out of it. But this journey, y'all already know at Transformation Church, it's about progression, not perfection. And I'm sharing this openly to give somebody the courage to make that call. I promise you, counseling is expensive. $150 for an hour? They ain't even say nothing. <laughs> I talk the whole time. Matter of fact, I'm gonna stay home and pay myself. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, But I'm a better investment than them shoes, than that bag. And maybe it might take a year. It may take the vacation money this year. But would I rather be in a tropical location mad at my spouse than sitting right here at home and happy? I'm just, I'm just saying, but this is all about priorities. This week, me and Natalie were in Colorado three days of intensive counseling, 10 hours a day. He said, that's awesome. It was hell. It was not awesome. It was necessary. You don't have to enjoy it to be getting healed. Most healing is not enjoyable. When you're healing, when you're rehabbing, when you're learning to use a muscle again, when I'm 
learning to use soft words instead of, I'm not preaching to my wife. I'm not, I'm not her pastor first. I'm her husband and helpmate first. So I get up here and tell you, tell you, but then she be like, Negro. Those are your draws. They stink. I know you. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to live this authentically in front of you. And as we were in counseling, um, one of the assignments they had us to do was label the seasons of our life. And we were labeling this particular season. And we came to the conclusion that that season title was called The Suck. Because it sucked. I cheated on Natalie before we were married. There's a lot of insecurities and there was all kinds of stuff that would play out in our life for decades. And in that moment, I started to get emotional. And I was looking at that thing and it was just a, it was a good three year span that it, was, it just sucked. Sin cycles, all kinds of foolishness, me trying to live outside of my calling and do what culture told me to do, chasing money, all of this other stuff. And then I begin to think about where we are today. With four beautiful kids impacting the community around us in counseling. Like, and I was like, Lord, how did you do this? I know where I was in that season of my life and how broken I was and how backwards I was and how twisted and perverted I was. How did you get me here? And there was this over sense, overwhelming sense of joy and gratefulness that came over me because I remembered where I was and then I realized it's not where I am today. And, and somebody, the only way that you're going to be able to be generous is that you first get grateful. That you just remember like, yo, I used to didn't have no money to even think about being generous with. Do you know what family I was raised in? Do you know how broken? Do you know how much debt I was under? God, whatever I have is yours. Somebody say, I'm grateful. Today, I want to let you know that no matter where you are, no matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter because without Jesus, you're a slave to sin. In that three years of the suck, I was a slave to sin. And the crazy thing about sin is it makes you think you have freedom. I can do whatever I want. Why am I climbing through this window at four o'clock in the morning? Why am I eating like that? No, it's because something's driving me. I was a slave to sin. But when Jesus redeemed me, everything in my life changed. And what I want to tell everybody, it doesn't matter what you have if you don't have Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He went first to show us the model of what purpose looked for and how does purpose come to earth? Somebody had to give it. And so when we say more money, we say more purpose. But then God says, now let me check your motive. Do you have my heart? Last point, write it down. I promise you, you need to say this, write it everywhere, get it down in your heart. 
It doesn't matter how much money you have if your heart is bankrupt. I've seen people with hundreds of millions of dollars, Bishop Pearson, with bankrupt hearts. And one of the things that I just decided is that if we're going to live a blessed life as a church and as the church, I need everybody to remember the church is not an organization only. It's not just the ecclesia. We're his church too. And if we're going to live this blessed life, we have to have a heart like his. More money, more purpose. I want to pray for you. If there's any of these areas that you need God to touch, a selfish heart, a grieving heart, or you just want to have a generous heart and a grateful heart, would you please stand wherever you are? Any of those categories, I'm going to pray for everybody. In your home, right there, at your cubicle, at your desk, go ahead. And would you just do me a favor, just in a sign of surrender, just lift your hands, yeah. Father, I'm praying right now. Oh, I feel the presence of God. That right now, as we have heard this message, now, God, we're asking you to check our motives. Father, everything that's not like you, we're asking that you would take it away. Give us a heart like yours. Let us be as generous as you were to give Jesus without a guarantee. You gave Jesus in faith. Wow. And God, I thank you that we as your children would model after you, Father God. And we will become generous just like you are generous. Father, for everybody who's dealing with a selfish heart, right now I begin to pray for you. God, I thank you, Father, that all selfishness, that thing, Father God, that would allow them to think that it's better in their hands than in your hands. Father God, I'm thanking you that that is crushing under the power of this anointing in this room right now things that were given to them by their parents come on you need to receive this right now father i thank you that a generous heart will begin to blossom in them right now and i thank you father god that by this time next year they won't even recognize the level of generosity that they have father god as they step out in faith this week as they give when you tell them to give as they give those shoes away as they do a random act of kindness as they serve not just with money with their time talents and treasures father god i'm thanking you that you would allow generosity to form in this church god father i'm praying for everybody who's grieving for those who have grieved father god trusting you giving to a family member they haven't seen the results yet of what they've done father i thank you that they don't get weary in well-doing father god but just at this right time, you're sending encouragement to them, Father, that they will stay faithful because there's a bigger bear you have for them. <laughs> there's so much more you want to trust to them, God, but I'm asking you to give them the faith to stay in the fight. Yep. Thank you that that generosity keeps flowing. And Father, for those who have been generous, Father God, and maybe have started to drift back into a different way of thinking. I thank you, Father, you would spring them forward in generosity, God. I thank you, Father God, that you're going to continue to make them a river and not a reservoir. That you can get it to them because you can get it through them. I'm thanking you, Father, that resources would erupt in the hands of people who have your heart. God, let us all be grateful that you saw us broken disgusted messed up just living without you and you said 
That's my child, God, and thank you for your grace. God, we're grateful for your grace today. All we have is yours because you've given us everything we've had. Give us a heart like yours. We trust you, we believe you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Somebody say, my motive is pure. I will live a blessed life. If you're watching this and you've never given your life to Christ, this is your moment. See, the, the best way to have a heart like God's is to get a new heart. A lot of us try to work on the heart we have, but in this fallen world, that heart ain't going to help you. But at salvation, God gives us a new heart. A heart like his, a, a generous heart. And today, I'm going to offer you the gift of salvation. It's the thing that took me from being selfish, a liar, a manipulator, somebody who was addicted to pornography, somebody who had a bad, bad, bad track record. And God said, yeah, give me your life and I'll give you a future. And everybody in this room and watching online is praying for people right now who may have been doing things so far away from God. What I want to let you know is God's not repulsed by you or repelled by you. He's excited that you would even consider him as an option for your life. He's so excited about it that he made a plan for you way before you were born. And he sent his only son to the cross and he gave him up for you so that you could have eternal life. And not just have eternity, but you could have a good history. Some of y'all don't need to be worried about if you're going to heaven or hell. You live in hell right now. And God said, I came that you might have life and life to the full. And today I want to give you an opportunity to really live the blessed life. The blessed life starts with Christ. And if you have never received Jesus or you backslidden and you know you're away from God and you want to put your hand back in the master's hand, today is your day of salvation. Nobody here is judging you. And if they do, tell me. Because I know some of them. And they a raggedy mess without Jesus. At the end of the day, we're all sinners saved by grace. But today is your day of salvation. So on the count of three, we're about to pray. And if you want to be included in that prayer and give your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. I get excited about this part because this is part of my purpose. The reason why God gives me resources, the reason why we got these screens and why I'm wearing this, I don't even know. This feels like a Mexican sombrero with a like, yeah, you felt that. Doesn't this look like something that, yeah, quinceanera or something, I don't know. I like it, it matches the series. But anyway, at the end of the day, the reason I do all the things I do is to reach somebody. Transformation in Christ. And today, you may have not heard one word I said, but just been mesmerized by the level of colors that I have on. It doesn't matter. If at this moment, your heart is open to salvation, it was all worth it. If that's you and you want to give your life to Christ, on the count of three, I just want you to slip your hands up. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter who you're with, what you did yesterday, what you planning to do tomorrow. Today, right here, here is holy. And this is the day of salvation for you. One, you're making the greatest decision 
you've ever made in your life. Two, I'm proud of you, but forget all that. Your name is going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your eternity will be secure, but as well as your history will be enhanced. Three, lift your hands up all over the world. Oh, I'm excited because what I know right now is hands are going up in different cities and different countries, even in this room. Come on, let's give God praise right there. People are making a decision for purpose. To God be the glory. We're going to pray together because Transformation Church, we don't pray alone. We're a big family and we're standing with everybody who's coming to faith right now, somebody just with, with excitement in your heart, say, God, thank you for sending Jesus just for me. Thank you for changing my heart and changing my motives. Today, I give you my life. I believe you lived, you died, and you rose again just for me. I'm yours. Take over. Renew me, change me, and transform me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we give God praise? Oh, y'all can do better than that. Let's give God praise for everybody coming to faith today. Now, Transformation Church, if you've ever given a dollar here, guess what you get to say? More money, more purpose. Somebody's life was just changed because of what we do here. Can we give God one more shout of praise for every person? Hey, check this out. If you just gave your life to Christ, I want you to text SAVED to 828282 because we want to send you some resources. We want to walk this out with you. Everybody should join a, a community group we call B-Groups here. And B groups, yeah, they're, they're, the reason they're shouting is because our lives at Transformation Church are changed in community. Because some of us, we're going to have to show somebody else our budget. Uh-oh. Many of us need to, need to do the Dave Ramsey thing with a group of people. We need to do it with community. Why? Because transformation really happens in community. We want to see that for everybody. Can I tell you something really cool? Y'all remember when I told you that old man said, God always provides for what? Soul winning church. Well, let me tell you how many souls have come to Christ at Transformation Church because of your generosity, your invitation, your posting the messages, your, your sharing the emails. Because of that, over 9,000 536 people. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Let me try this side. 9,000. Let me try online. They not hear me. I said 9,000. But can I tell you the best part? They've sh started showing our messages in some prisons. Now, what does it look like to be physically confined, but spiritually free. Mm. Since January, there have been 900 inmates that have given their life to Christ.
church exists. More money, more purpose. And we just getting started. Last week, 600 salvations. Like, I just, I just, I just want, the reason why we're sharing this message, and I'm asking everybody, you got a few assignments this week. Watch this message again. Because some of y'all was closed until 50 minutes into it. You missed a lot. Watch it again. Share it with three people. Because you never know with your sharing this message. Just text it to them. You don't even got to say a lot. I thought about you while I was watching this message. God told me to send it to you. Say nothing. Just a, a smiley face and I love you emoji. Text it to them. But that invitation to something around finances could be the thing that changes their eternity. Transformation Church, this is why we're here. And I need y'all to pray because next week I'm trying to get the man himself here. I'm trying to get Pastor Robert to come and do like, so So I don't know if he's going to do it, but I'm just putting it out there right now on video. <laughs> and see, the one thing that you got to realize is for our church, we eat good, but we don't have to eat the same. The sign of maturity is that you can go to different restaurants and eat. Only kids eat chicken nuggets at every restaurant. Some of y'all adults do too, and that's because your palate hasn't developed spiritually. And the one thing I want everybody to know is I will put people on this platform that do not have the same dynamic as me but carry the anointing that God has placed on their life. And you do not want to receive for, from somebody who doesn't have an anointing for something. Pastor Robert Morris has God's approval on his life to impart these principles of the blessed life. And he came last year and I'm throwing a Hail Mary. If not, it will be your boy. And I got the message, but I wanted it. I don't want just information. I want my church to have an impartation. An impartation changes you. Well, you don't really have the words for it or the language for it, but it changes the way you do. And so y'all tag Pastor Robert and tell him to come to Transformation Church next week. I'm going to just, I'm going to put it out there, Transformation Nation. Sick him. <laughs> hey, we an army around here. I don't know what you, I don't know what you heard, but we, we get stuff done. And then, I, and then the next two weeks, I have something very special that God has called us to do. Every week, we give him more money away. We're blessing more people. But let it not be from this platform. Would you be the church wherever you go this week and be God's hands and feet everywhere? Why? Because you have the right heart. Show me the money. Father, thank you for what you did today. Have your way in us. God, as you do surgery on us all week, <laughs> as you check us as we on websites and about to buy another package from Amazon, 
Yeah, conviction sets on the whole room. Father, as we go about our days not thinking and then you call our attention to somebody, let us have your heart. Thank you that Transformation Church is a generous church. And thank you for changing us so that we can live the blessed life. We want your motives so that your kingdom come and your will be done. Where? On earth as it already is in heaven. We trust you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, we agree. We expect. Amen. Will y'all give God one more shout of praise? Until next week, go out and live a transformed life. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Text SAVED to 828282. And to find out more about TC, text CONNECT to 828282. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and live a transformed life. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.